Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him sun and moon. Praise him all you stars of light. For he commanded and they were created. And he also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all the depths. Fire and hail, snow and clouds, mountains and hills, fruitful trees and cedars, creeping things and flying fowl. Both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven, and he has exalted the praise of all his saints, a people fully devoted to him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, this month we've been talking about being fully devoted, how God is fully devoted to us and how we are to live fully devoted to him. I'm so thankful God didn't just give half of himself or part of himself. He gave all of himself to us through his son, Jesus. And his expectation is that we would give all of ourselves back to him, be fully devoted to him. But you know, people who are fully devoted, you can see it. It's noticeable. You can see their, their love, their admiration. You know, I was thinking about my wedding day when, when it was time to kiss the bride. I'm thankful the minister didn't say, you may now contemplate your love for your wife. No, he said, you may now kiss your bride. I pronounce you husband and wife. Kiss her, you know, and I couldn't wait. I was ready. I kissed her. That outward expression was an indication of my inward devotion. Your outward expression is an indication of your inward devotion. Can people see your devotion? Can they see it? Can they hear it? Can they feel it? Do people know if we were to turn the volume down in your life, could we see it with your body language, your actions, that you love Jesus, that you're devoted to him? Can people see it? I remember a moment I had with one of my mentors and he was talking to me about how he really grew into uh, what people call him now as the smiling preacher, this pastor Joel Osteen. He said, I remember watching TV and I was flipping the channels and he said, um, there was a lot of preachers that just looked angry, looked mad. And he said, even I was guilty of this whenever I, I was starting, that there was like this sense of kind of not being happy. And he said, I, I realize a lot of people are flipping through those channels and the volume's off and they're watching your face. And as I'm talking, I got to smile as I'm doing this. They, um, they will look at your body language. Can they see Jesus on your face if they turn the volume down? Can they see Jesus in your lifestyle if they don't hear your words? Is it noticeable? Is your Christianity noticeable? Can we see it? Can we feel it? Can we hear it? This man who returned to Jesus, he bowed down. He made a loud ex exclamation of thanks to God. In other words, he was expressing outwardly his love for Jesus. Can people see it in your life? I remember playing football around this time of year, Thanksgiving, and we would play turkey bowls, and we'd gather all the people together, and we weren't there to look pretty. We were there to get dirty. We were playing in the mud and the rain. We wanted to go all out. One year, I actually played in the varsity football team. I was the third string quarterback, and me and my friend Daniel, he, he was the fourth string wide receiver, and I remember us being on the sidelines during this one week right before Thanksgiving, 
and we were playing Berry Hill. They were really good. My brother was starting, and I was cheering for him on the sidelines. And it was a rainy night. There was mud all over the field. Everybody's jerseys were dirty except for me and Daniel's. <laughs> we stood out, you know, really bad. I mean, we were like completely white jerseys, and everybody else has mud, and they're just kind of looking at us. And we felt so embarrassed. Guys, this is embarrassing. We found mud on the sidelines and we started putting it on each other's jerseys. We were like, come on, just, Daniel, put some on the back. Just, I, I wanna look like I, I was in the mud. I wanna look like I played. We both liked girls that we were gonna see after the game. We wanted them to think that we got in the game that night. One of the players called us out for it. He said, you guys didn't play tonight. Where'd that mud come from? And we were like, we're like please, you know, don't, don't hurt us because he was, he was a starter. He was bigger than us and he was embarrassed by us. But I was thinking about how in life, God wants us to get in the game. He wants us to have some outward signs that we've been playing this game. The greatest game in the world is following Jesus. It's not a game. It's participation. Jesus expects us to participate. He expects us to get a little dirty. And when I mean dirty, I mean that there's some outward signs that we've been following Jesus. Right? That, that people can see it. Man, you've been playing. You've been giving. You've been serving. You've been worshiping. Can we see the signs of devotion in your life? Can we see the signs of devotion? You know, there's a song that came out in the 70s called Express Yourself by Charles Wright. Express yourself. Y'all remember that song? A couple of you. Okay. Here's the deal. Get out of the world. No, I'm just kidding. But those two words were the words that the world was saying to everybody. Express yourself, express yourself. And they were saying, express your personality, express your opinions, even if it's considered sin in people's minds. And so we had just, you know, an expression of sin. People were expressing their unnatural affections for, for other people of the same gender. And so you had people just coming out, just expressing themselves. And the church, trying to figure out how do we fight back those two words, unintentionally started shouting, suppress yourself, suppress yourself. But see, I think there's a way that we could we can fight back a little better. I think God wants us, if the world can express their sin as loud as they do, I think God wants us to express our devotion and our worship and our praise just as loud as the world is gonna express their sin, their opinions, their wickedness. Why can't the church be just as loud as the world? Why do we gotta stay silent and quiet and say, suppress yourself? Why can't we express our praise so the world knows I belong to Jesus? I love Jesus, yes I do. I love Jesus. How about you, Carmen? Come on, somebody. Jesus wants our devotion to be expressed, not suppressed. It's not a charismatic thing. It's not a word of faith thing. It's a Jesus thing. When you love Jesus, your hands should be up. There should be a sign of surrender. There should be a sense of, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm going to worship the Lord. David said in 2 Samuel 6, he was worshiping God in public. In public. Can you believe this? This guy was dancing around. He was shouting. He was jumping. He was lifting his hands. And his his wife was watching from the balcony. She's kind of folding her arms, just, oh, my husband is a fool. And so David gets up to the palace and she says, what were you doing? What were you thinking? You embarrassed us. 
What was that all about? And David said, that, I'll become even more undignified than that. In other words, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I love Jesus, and I'm not going to hide it. God's looking for Christians who won't hide their devotion, who won't, the, the world's trying to guess, are you a Christian or not? We should be outspoken. We should be loving. We should be expressing our devotion. People should be able to see it. If they turn the volume off, could they see your devotion? Could they see it? Because your outward expression is an indicator of your inward devotion. This, this Thanksgiving week, some of y'all are going to be around family members, in-laws, relatives that you need the grace of God to walk in love with. <laughs> I won't even ask if that's you to raise your hand because I know many of you do. And you will need that grace. And some of them are sitting beside you in the room right now. But see, here's the good news. The good news is that God has already given us the grace. Now, we just need to express that love, express that worship. Here's real quickly four ways we can express our devotion to the Lord. One, through praise and worship. When you praise and you worship, you're expressing your devotion to God. You're giving him praise like that man shouting back to Jesus. I praise you. Thank you, God, for healing me. And by the way, your praise and worship should not be determined by your surroundings. This guy had nine people around him who were ungrateful, complaining, moving on with their thing. They forgot that Jesus healed them. They're just going to go on with their life. But this one guy said, hold on. I got to go back. I got to go back and thank God. As his fingers are growing back and his ears coming out and his legs growing back, his skin's coming back on his cheek. Hold on. This wasn't me. I got to go. I got to go tell Jesus. And he began to worship God despite the other nine people who didn't worship God who didn't thank God. Don't let your surroundings determine your praise. Don't let what other people are saying or what they're doing or what they're thinking determine your praise and your worship. You know, I think there's really some reasons why we don't praise and worship like we should. I think it's pride. I think somehow we've allowed pride to come into our life and we think, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay. I don't need to give God glory or praise for this. This was me, I did this, I'm successful. I'm blessed, I, I, I worked hard. Then sometimes it's, it's a shame. We're ashamed of, of what we've done and so we're afraid to you know, really worship God because we're not sure what he thinks about us or we're uncomfortable. We were raised in a family where maybe we don't lift our hands, we don't sing, we don't clap, we don't dance. It's uncomfortable for us to do that. Sometimes it's weariness, we're just tired. We're tired, we've been waiting for a harvest, we've been worshiping, we haven't seen it yet and we've allowed our weariness to squash our praise. And then sometimes it is, it's fear, fear of what man thinks, fear of what people are going to say about us. I don't, I'm afraid if I praise, if I worship, if I really let loose, if I become undignified, I, I don't know. I mean, I might be looked at as weird. People might think I'm, I'm a nutcase, I'm foolish. And then it's apathy. It's this sense of I don't really care. Some of us come to church with just apathy. When there's a song being sung, we're singing our own song in our head, Right? We're kind of like, man, you know, looking at our cell phones, just kind of thinking of other things besides Jesus. And I'm telling you this, if you come to church and it's hard to worship in church, I can only guess what it's like at home. If we can't even praise God in our own church, something's wrong. You should be, I mean, your, your praise in church should be an overflow of your praise at home. You should have an outward expression and you might say, well, Paul, that sounds kind of narcissistic of God to command us to worship. I mean, does he need our affirmation? Does he need our compliments and our praise? And I want to tell you something that really changed my view on worship, on why God in the word of God tells us to worship. I mean, Jesus was expecting 
all 10 of them to come back and give thanks, but only one did. It wasn't just because Jesus wanted them to know, I did this for you, you better thank me. It's because Jesus knows that our worship brings some satisfaction that nothing else we worship could. This is what happened to me that, that changed my view of worship. C.S. Lewis wrote some thoughts about worship, and it really changed my mind. And he said, the most obvious fact about praise and worship, whether of God or anything, because worship and praise happens all the time, not just towards God, but about food, about football, about uh, people. And he says this, the, the, the most obvious fact escaped me. I thought of worship in terms of giving someone a compliment, approval, giving them honor. I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses. Readers their favorite poet. Walkers praising the countryside. Players praising their favorite game. Praise of the weather, wines, dishes, actors, motors, horses, colleges, countries, historical personages, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles, even sometimes politicians and scholars. Except where intolerably adverse circumstances interfere, praise as men's spontaneous praise almost seems to be inner health made audible. I had noticed either that just as men sponta- I had not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Saying things like, isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think this is magnificent? And so the psalmist telling everyone to praise God, are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. That line right there got me. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. In other words, when you praise God, it's not just for God's affirmation. He's not some needy God that needs your praise. He's looking out for your satisfaction. He's saying, worship me because in your worship and your praise towards me, there's fullness of joy. It completes. He brings it full circle. You love Jesus, but when you express your love for Jesus with words or with hands raised or clapping or dancing or whatever expression of devotion you make outwardly, it brings this complete enjoyment. It's like when you're praising that person that you love. For me and Ashley, when we uh, got married, I, I was, my love language is words of affirmation and physical touch. And so, which is, I think, every man's love language. But I remember every time we went out, I just, I didn't even want to sit across from her at the table. I wanted to sit right next to her. I wanted to invade her personal space while she was eating the chips and salsa. And I was just like kissing on her and she was like, I love you, honey, but can I have some space? Like, you know, and uh, I was kissing her and I think about how people around were like, man, this is strange, but I loved her. It was a public display of affection because I was devoted to her. Your outward expression indicates your inward devotion. Can anyone see that you're devoted to God in your actions? So we express our praise, one, through praise and worship, two, through tithes and offering. When we give to God, it's an outward expression of some inward devotion to the Lord. Number three, by serving others in love. This Thanksgiving, when you show forgiveness to someone, you are showing people that you are worshiping God. When you walk in love towards those family members who've hurt you, who've offended you, you're, you're, you're making it a moment of worship. 
I remember a song that came out by Stephen Curtis Chapman called Moment Made for Worshiping. And he talks about how when he was loving his wife and loving his children, this was a moment made for worshiping. When you love your family members, you're worshiping God. God inhabits the praises of his people and worship is more than a song. It's showing love to your spouse, to your kids, to your parents, to the people who just bug you and annoy you and you just want to write them off or go off on them. When you show them love, you're worshiping the Lord. Because the fourth thing that we express in our devotion is obedience to God. Our obedience to God is an expression of worship. It's an expression of devotion. You know, I think about that man who turned around and he gave thanks. He was expressing his devotion to the Lord. This one day I came home. And uh, my dad was in the house all by himself, and the music was turned up really loud. He had a CD player in the living room. And he had turned up this song that had just come out recently. It was a praise and worship song, new song. It was really loud. I walk into the house. No one else is there. And I'm like hearing this loud praise and worship music. I turn the corner, and there's my dad, and he's just going like this. <laughs> just acting ridiculous. And I was like, Dad, this is embarrassing. Dad, this is embarrassing. Dad, stop. And he couldn't hear me over the loud worship music. And he was just, finally he turned around. He goes. <laughs> he starts dancing around me. And I'm like, this is so foolish. And I was embarrassed and no one was there. Why was I embarrassed? No one was watching. But my dad pulled me in. We start dancing together to this worship song. It's one of my favorite memories with my dad. But I think about how. He didn't have to be at church to express his love for Jesus. He was doing it at home. You know, I was thinking about how our body language during praise and worship, it's, it's really an indication of our devotion. When you come to worship Jesus, are your hands like this in your pockets? Or are they out here? Our body language says so much to God. He cares about our body language. All throughout the scriptures, he looks at not just what we do, but how we do it. He doesn't just talk about giving. He talks about giving with a cheerful attitude. He talks about our body language, our sense of, of outward expression about this devotion that we've committed to be followers of Jesus. Are you doing it cheerfully? Is there a sense of love in your life? Is there a sense of worship coming from your body language? I think about just at, at football games, whenever I would play or basketball games, my dad would be in the stands with two thumbs up. He'd be shouting, and he'd have his two thumbs up. We couldn't hear what he was shouting because we were too far to hear him, but we could see his body language, and his body language was positive. Every child needs positive body language from their parents. I've been in situations where parents just look angry at their kids, just got their arms crossed, just, uh, just rolling their eyes, just, my, uh, uh, man, my kids. Your kids need to see your love. They need to see just a sense of two thumbs up, approval. It does something in a kid's life. But I think even God, he wants to see our body language in worship. Maybe you were raised in a church where you didn't lift your hands. You didn't clap. You didn't sing. You contemplated what was being sung. But I want to encourage you today, express your praise to God. Express your worship to God. You know, we don't need a band. Some of us come to church and we think we're the judge, we're the jury, we're critiquing the band. I don't like the songs they're singing. You know, I don't like the jeans they're wearing. Those shoes look a little suspect. I don't know if they're following Jesus. You were not invited to church by God 
to be the judge of the songs on stage. We're not here to worship ourselves, we're here to worship Jesus. We're not here to glorify our accomplishments or wait till it's our favorite song. We're here to overflow with praise to Jesus. That's why we are here, that's why we gather. We gather to express our devotion outwardly to the Lord through praise and worship, and it's not for His benefit, it's for our benefit because there's nothing else we could adore or worship that would bring satisfaction but Jesus. And that's why for me, there's times in worship where maybe the band hits a wrong key, not today, they, they did great today, but there's times where maybe someone forgets the lyrics. And you know what, in those moments, I get on my knees, I start worshiping the Lord because I remind myself, I don't need a band to determine my devotion. I don't need a song to determine my expression. I don't need someone to hit all the right notes for me to give God praise. It's not about them, it's about Jesus. It's always, it's not about the lights. I don't need lights, I don't need smoke. I don't need a building to give God praise. I can start praising God in the middle of my week, in my car, in my shower, at my house. I don't need a guitar. I don't need a piano. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved. I once was lost, but now I'm found. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God. See, one day, there's not gonna be a band. It's gonna be the believers all joined together making one sound of praise and worship. We gotta learn to worship without the band. We gotta learn to sing without the guitars. We gotta learn to express our praise even when there's not the lights and the smoke and there's people around us. We gotta do it without all that. Jesus is looking for followers who are fully devoted. Just like we would be fully devoted at a sports game and express our excitement when our team scores a, a touchdown or dunks the ball. We get so excited. We don't need the band to get us pumped up. We just jump. When Kevin Durant dunks the ball, I don't need a guitar to strike a chord. I'm jumping up going, yeah. When OU wins, right, I'm, I'm jumping. I don't need someone to lead me into praise. Come on, let's all cheer for OU. They won the game. No, I'm cheering. We don't need people to try and, yeah. God's looking for a church that, man, they just express their praise. This one guy stops in the middle of all 10 and he says, I gotta go back and praise. He was the tithe, he was the 10%. He was the one out of 10 that said, this wasn't me, this was God. And we express our praise in so many more ways than just singing. We express our praise through our giving. If God was to look at your bank statement, your bank account, would he see devotion to him? Would he see the kingdom of God as a priority in your finances? How far does it fall down the line of things you give to? How far does it come down the list of things that you care about? Because our, where our treasure is, there our heart is. Where our finances go, that's an act of worship. It's an act of devotion, it's an outward expression. When you love your spouse, you buy something for her. You buy something for him. When you love your kids, you try to do something. You get them food, you, you take care of them. When you love Jesus, there should be an outward expression 
of giving back to his kingdom. Saying, Lord, I care about your kingdom. When you love Jesus, it should show up in the way that you treat other people, serving them, loving them. Jesus says, this is, this is what Paul says, when should we praise? How often should we praise? How often should we give thanks to God? 1 Thessalonians 5 says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. In everything. Everybody say, everything. everything. That means when you're on the mountaintop or you're down in the valley, give thanks. Express your praise to the Lord. I remember one morning, my sister Ruthie woke up with Bell's palsy. Half of her face was paralyzed. She was our kid's pastor, 17 years old. And that morning, she was supposed to teach on healing. She came to my mom and dad and couldn't move half of her face. She said, I can't go to church this morning. I don't want to go to church this morning. She's crying, but only one side of her face is producing the tears. She said, I don't want... I was supposed to teach on healing. I got Bell's palsy. And she's talking to my parents, and they're in tears. I mean, there's their baby girl, Ruthie. And, and, and it's hard in that moment to want to just cave in and say, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Or do you want to stay home? And, but something on the inside of Ruthie said, I feel like I'm supposed to go anyways. I feel like I'm supposed to praise anyways. I feel like I'm supposed to preach about healing anyways so she went and she taught that morning with Bell's palsy on her face by the way how many of y'all know what Bell's palsy is it's a paralysis disease and sometimes it never goes away but she got up and she taught on healing see we don't give God thanks for what we're walking through we give God thanks in what we're walking through there's a big difference. God's not the author of sickness, disease, death, or theft. He's not the author of divorce. He's not the author of tragedy. He's not the author of the tornado that came through your town. He's not the author of earthquakes. God is author of life. Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. Jesus is not the one who stole whatever walk, what, what, what's happened in your life, but he sure knows how to use what the devil meant for harm to turn around for your good. If you're walking through a storm, you don't have to blame God. God's not your problem, but you can look to God and he'll give you the answer. So Ruthie turned her eyes towards Jesus. In everything, give thanks. And she said, Jesus, I thank you in advance for healing me of Bell's palsy. I thank you. She went to the doctor and the doctor said, this may not go away. For some people, it lasts weeks, months, years. Sometimes it never goes away. She kept waking up each morning, just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Within two weeks, it totally left her totally left her. Today, Ruthie's preaching the Word of God, ministering, worshiping, singing. But I think about in everything, give thanks. I remember when my family lost our house, our, our, a fire hit us in 1991. I was six years old. All six of us were in the house at three in the morning. My dad woke us up. Get out, get out, there's a fire. One of the worst house fires to hit a house in, in, in the residential area of Tulsa. The ambulance showed up with six body bags. They were ready to take me, my three siblings, my parents. They, they thought we were all dead. But we all got out of the fire that night. And the amazing thing was, I was the last one in the fire. I remember just, just getting down and just praying, screaming out, Dad, save me, someone save me. I remember in that moment, God became real. I said, God, I believe in you. As a six-year-old, I said, God, I believe in you. If I die tonight, I wanna go to heaven. Jesus be Lord of my life. I just prayed the salvation prayer right there. 
But sure enough, my dad reached his hand down, grabbed my Snoopy pajamas, pulled me out of the house. When we ran out, our house exploded. The entire thing was lost. Everything in it was lost. There was one thing that remained. What was it? There was, yeah, there was a desk that was burned, uh, but it, it, it stayed. It was my dad's study desk. And, um, but we lost pictures, we lost clothes, we lost the house. But you know, we didn't lose our praise. We didn't lose our worship. We walked across the street that night while the house was burning down, we began to worship the Lord. We began to praise the Lord. The firemen couldn't get it. They were like, what's wrong with you guys? You should be angry, you should be mad, you should be depressed. But we were just praising God. Lord, thank you that we're alive. Thank you that there's breath in our lungs. Job said, even I know that my Redeemer still lives and I will see his hand in my life. No matter what you're walking through, give thanks to God in the middle of it. See, gratitude precedes your breakthrough. Your expression of worship, your expression of praise, it precedes your breakthrough. All across this room right now, I believe God is turning our hearts to express our devotion to him. Yesterday, we had hundreds of people come and express their devotion to God, serving passing out hams, giving people a Thanksgiving meal. On Thursday, out at the Dream Center, expressing their devotion to God. I wanna show you just a quick recap video of what happened. Check this video out. Thank you so much for sowing into helping people. The poor are being helped. Those that are in need are being helped. We're able to feed those that are hungry. This is what the gospel is all about. Thank you so much for helping us reach our city. God bless you, Victory. Praise God. I was sitting at a table with six, six women who ride the bus here to church. Um, and... They come on the bus that picks up those that are handicapped. They were smiling, laughing, joking with each other, squeezing my cheeks, saying, I knew you when you were just a baby. <laughs> but they were so joyful, and they said, this is the only Thanksgiving meal we're gonna get. Thank you, Victory, for helping us. Thank you, Victory, for helping us. Thank you for picking us up. Thank you for caring about us. This is what the gospel is about. It's more than a song. I remember hearing that worship song, The Heart of Worship. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you, Jesus. Matt Redman wrote that song because he had turned worship into his own thing. He would worship when he felt like it. Worship was just a song to him. But God exploded his mindset of worship. He realized it's more than a song. There's a line in that song where he says, I'll bring you more than a song because a song in itself is not just what you require. 
but a heart devoted to you. We show God our devotion with an outward expression, worshiping, giving, serving, obeying God's word. Right now, I wanna give you a chance to express your devotion to the Lord, your worship, through our tithes and our offerings. At the end of your row, there's offering envelopes. We're gonna pass these down. And I wanna encourage you today, don't give out of compulsion or reluctance. Just give what God puts on your heart to give. A tithe is 10% of our income. And really, just like the man who gave thanks to God, he was saying, Lord, it's all from you anyways. It's all through you. God gave you the breath. He gave you the skills, the business, the connections, the finances. When you realize everything belongs to God, it's really not that difficult to give him 10%. And you realize, man, in giving him that praise, that expression of devotion, there is an, an enjoyment. See, giving is so, so much more powerful. It's more powerful for you than it is for God. God's giving us the gift to give because he knows that when we give, we're gonna be more blessed on the other side of our giving than if we keep it all to ourselves. It's the same thing with worship. He could tell us, keep your mouth shut, don't say a word when you come to church. But no, he says, I inhabit the praises of my people. It's in our praise and worship and it's in our giving that the fulfillment, he brings it full circle, the joy, the peace, the grace, the kindness, the sense of, of, of being part of God's kingdom, helping advance the kingdom of God around the world. There's a fulfillment in that, that nothing else you spend money on can really bring into your life. There's nothing else we invest in that's greater than advancing the kingdom of God. So this morning as we're giving, one of the things that we're giving towards as well as a church is boys and girls this Christmas to have a Christmas present. We're believing God to give 3,000 boys and girls a Christmas present this Christmas who otherwise wouldn't get a present. For these kids, a present equals love. Receiving that present means somebody knows your name. You're not invisible. We were thinking about you this Christmas. Those boys and girls, when they get that gift, oh my goodness. It's one of the most amazing things. They're smiling, they're crying, they're saying thank you. And what happens is it opens the door for those boys and girls to then want to receive Jesus in their heart, want to follow Jesus. As a church, we get to do this out at the Dream Center here at the church, but we need your help. Every year, we've got to go and purchase these toys. We've got to go and prepare these toys, wrap them, and then give them to the kids. So today, maybe God might lay on your heart something you're, you're feeling to give. Maybe there's something in your heart that you say, you know, I want to give above just regular tithe. I want to sow into a few boys and girls this, this Christmas that could get a present. Maybe God's given you an extra blessing in the last week financially that you could use towards that. But I want to encourage you, let God speak to you today on what to give. And as you do that, we're going to worship the Lord during our giving, just as we are with our giving. We're going to sing a worship song. And then out of that, I want to give you a chance today to let Jesus be Lord of your life, to let him bring healing into your life, to let him bring joy into your life. God, I pray right now for every person in this room. Lord, I thank you that as we give today, you would use, God, the penny, the nickel, the dime, the dollar, the hundred dollars, the thousand dollars, whatever we give, use it to advance your kingdom. God, I thank you, Lord, that you would bring seed to the sower. You said, God, you would provide seed to the sower. Lord, I thank you that today, God, that those that are sowing sacrificially, Lord, that you are our provider, our source. You answer, God, according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things would be added back to us. God, that we would continue to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Let's worship the Lord as we give.